and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Join you every single weekday morning at 10 a.m. UK time. I'm joined by Chris. How you doing, mate? You good? You well? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you, TC. Hope you're doing okay. Hope everyone tuning in as well. Um, just about recovered from uh, Monday, Monday night. Um, obviously, mm. still a big disappointment, um, but trying to, you know, focus on on Sunday now and hope hope for a Canaries upset in East Anglia that would be nice um they're not getting the hopes up too much on that one yeah no in that game and of course Arsenal's game as well against Everton on that game <laughs> everyone thinks like oh we're hoping on Norwich but to be honest I'm just hoping Arsenal beat Everton at this stage you know we've got to do that before we can worry about what Norwich do um we kick off though with the news breaking this morning that Arsenal have released their new home kit uh, for the brand new season you know, this club have been pretty good with timings of when they choose to do things. Um, the mood at the, around the club could not be lower um, than it is right now. Is that, obviously, we know this would have been planned well in advance. They were going to announce it on this date. But, you know, do you think that the current kind of mood around the club will affect this kit launch in any way? Um, potentially, I don't think it would be as warmly received as it, it it probably would have been if Arsenal had secured top four or if we obviously going into Sunday still with mm. it sort of in our in our hands. Um but you know it I, I saw the the launch this morning. I watched the video that Arsenal put out and the community initiative that that they've put in with it as well. I thought it was really good, you know, and I was thinking to myself, you know, just at times when I'm sort of falling out of love with this football club and they, they break my heart, um, they they sort of reel me back in and remind me as to why I'm why I'm a supporter of, of, of the club um, and what makes it unique and special. And I think obviously the obviously yeah, I mean, releasing a new home kit, you can just sort of post a few pictures and and uh, put the link to the website and there we have it. But, you know, Arsenal, certainly over the last few years, certainly in, and since the pandemic came about, um, the club has worked really closely with businesses in the community. Mm. Um, you know, we've seen those great adverts that they put out maybe once every month, different businesses and, and players getting involved. And, you know, the support for them is really, really important. And I think, if I remember correctly, I mean, it's still a lot I need to catch up on this morning, but... I think um, five pound goes to to, to to the Arsenal's sort of businesses in the community with, with every sort of home shirt that's bought. So um, that's uh, that's a nice touch. And like I say, the video is really really good as well. So um, uh, yeah, like I say, the, 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 where we are at the moment in in terms of football matters, and where we are on the pitch and in the table, um, it will probably have an effect on it in some form. Yes, um, but. Uh, you know, in terms of the the kit itself, I think it's very nice, and the, the the community initiative that's gone with the release, and that will go with the the purchase of of the of the shirts as well as is a nice touch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think we can read anything into who wasn't involved in the video? I mean, obviously there was no Lacazette, no Eddie Nketiah, no Mohamed El Nenny, all players that contracts will leave or end at the end of the season. Obviously, it was a focus on kind of the young players plus Granite Xhaka. I mean, interesting him being featured quite heavily in it as well because, you know, according to the information that Chris Wheatley put out, if we remember back to kind of the start of, of the season, that Roma was still expected to, to return this summer with a possible interest in him. Do you think that is an indication that his future is pretty tied up with the club and that those that didn't feature are perhaps moving on? Potentially. I mean, there's always that talking point, isn't there, when the kit's released and you always look to see who's in the, the promotional photo shoots and who isn't. Um, 
But I mean, if you know, obviously, if, if past uh, kit releases or anything to go go by, you usually don't read too many too much in it. Um, I know Lacazette was pictured at the Emirates wearing the new kit. I saw saw one of him in there. But then again, you know, Van Persie, you think back to yep. the new home shirt release, and he was he was all over it. But then uh, he obviously ended up going to Manchester United. Um, so I don't think it it means too much. I, uh, certainly on Granite Xhaka, and you mentioned him there, TC, I think, you know, his situation compared to last summer, I think is a lot stronger in terms of his connection relationship with Arsenal and its supporters. He's obviously had a very good season overall. Um, and, uh, you know, I think his relationship with the fans has improved somewhat. Um, and he's, he's he's valued under Mikel Arteta, isn't he? Um, that's, that's been clear to see. So, you know, I think in terms of him, obviously, if any team comes in and puts an offer on the table, the player and the club will consider it. Um, but I think unless, you know, there is serious interest mm. there, they probably aren't contemplating a, a departure for him too much. So we'll have to wait and see. But, um, you know, I'm still expecting, you know, like like I mentioned, uh, the Lacazette, for example, I'd still be surprised if he's wearing that shirt next season. Yeah, so would I. Um, I think it's almost certain he, he, he will move on. And some other interesting things on the fallout. Gabriel Martinelli's changed his squad number. He's now number 11, uh, changing from number 35. And the other thing is that Tommy Asu remained the same number, didn't take the number two spots, which could be a bit of an indication about a certain William Saliba taking that number two uh, when he returns, because we know he will need a new number because Ben White took the number four um, when he arrived. On that last kind of point on the on the kit, before we move on to any of the news that we've got, do you think that is a bit of an indication that Saliba will take that too, and, and maybe that his future is is assured? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? It is interesting um, because Tommy Asu, his new play, came and done very well this season. Um, you know, you think because of, of how well he's done and obviously the regular he, he, he tends to be when he's obviously fit and, mm. and available, you know, maybe the a, sort of a change of number would would have happened, but um, it hasn't, as you say, and um, there's a spot there now, uh, the number two. That said, Walter Bellerin will return, who is, I think, number two. Um, that is, a, Yeah, that's true. That's true. But then again, I'd, like Lacazette, as I say, I'd be very surprised if Hector's wearing that Arsenal shirt next season. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I would expect him again to to leave probably permanently. I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised to see him return to Betis. So, so yeah, we'll 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 wait and see. Obviously, um, still early days, but you know, obviously, if if Bellerin does end up going, then that number two shirt is still there for the taking. Absolutely, uh, and thank you for everybody joining us in the chat box this morning. Hope you're doing good and well. Uh, endurance, trust me, we didn't run away from anywhere. Chris has unfortunately been off here all the last couple of days, and uh, I've been off. I've had a couple of days off, so uh, yeah, we didn't run away, uh, and we're certainly here to face the music now. Um, speaking of which, uh, let's focus on some of the main Arsenal news. Specifically, tonight Everton play Crystal Palace in a game in which they could secure their Premier League status for next season, Chris, if they failed to win however their future would go down to the last day and so my question is is what do you prefer because we've gone up against Newcastle side on Monday that had nothing to play for and they played exceptionally well Everton could be in the same state of euphoria and with nothing necessary to lose on the final day or do we want them under the pressure do we want them feeling um, like they need to get a result to, to keep in the Premier League how do you prefer them to to be in a situation when they come around on Sunday um 
Well, I'm not too sure. I mean, the, the, always the main emphasis, especially from an Arsenal point of view, is you know we've, we've got to beat them every mm. game. We've got to go in there and, and win, no matter what, um, no matter what situation the opposition find themselves in. Obviously, I think without a doubt, let's say they they don't win. Uh, is it tomorrow they play? Isn't it against Palace? I think. Yeah. Um, you know, say you know, obviously, if they don't secure their safety before Sunday, then they're they're still going to be you know very very determined um, to do that at the weekend, um, and you know they, they'll be fighting. Um, so I think I think I prefer you know if I had to go one way, I think I prefer facing an opposition that's already secured their safety. Mm. Um, uh, so you know, like I say, they. <sighs> I, I, I'm sure Frank Lampard. They always say, you know, no matter what, if you, no matter what situation we're in, we've got to got to put in 110 percent, and you know, we can't become complacent. I, I suppose that's the word I'm I'm looking for when speaking about this. And yeah, I mean, there's always a chance of becoming a little bit complacent if you've already just secured your safety, and then you go into the last game of the season, and you're probably a bit more relaxed. You're thinking to yourselves, now there's not really anything to fight for. Doesn't matter if we don't get anything from today's game. So um, yeah, I'd say you know hopefully Everton can secure, can secure their their safety um, tomorrow and and go into the game at Arsenal a bit more relaxed. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully they're not uh, you know up for the fight as much as they they would have been you know obviously if they're still not secure. So um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. They're playing Palace, aren't they? So it will be a tough game. Vieira's done a great job there this season. Um, you know, you just have to look at see what happened in Everton's last game at Brentford. Um, and you could say that Palace uh, uh, matched Brentford this season, if not better. So, mm. you know, in terms of form and, and the players that they've got. Um, so, so yeah, it'll be tough for them. But, uh, yeah, I think I'd much prefer it for them to, to secure their safety before the weekend. And hopefully then we can... Obviously, you don't know what the situation is going to be in Norwich. Um Obviously, you'd be hoping for an upset, as I said earlier. But and as you touched on, TC, I think that's very you know unlikely. But regardless of that, it would still be good to to finish the season on a win in front of the home supporters, finish on a high, and bounce back, especially after the last few games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we need to try and, and win that game. We need to end the season as strong as feasibly possible and give ourselves the best chance if there is. A miracle in Norwich. I mean, you're there, Chris. I mean, you, I think we should send you in, to be honest, as a little bit of a, a saboteur. Uh, lasagnas need to be made uh, and all of that stuff as you are on location uh, for the fixture. So if you can do anything, just I'm just going to say, you know, I'm not going to tell you to do anything, but if, if you can... That's all I'm going to say. I'm just going to put that. I'm just going to say that. So, you know, okay. it's, 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 yeah. <laughs> I've got the I've got the first team kit man's number, so uh, I'll, I'll ping him a message see if he can uh, get a few things rolling. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Um, in regards to kind of transfer news, of course, that we need to discuss. Uh, we'll come on to that in a second, but I did want to uh, talk briefly about the team news, which is a little bit concerning because uh, Gabriel uh, White, Tomiyasu, and Emil Smith Rowe were all supposedly absent from training yesterday, um, which isn't, you know, the most uh, beneficial thing. I know it. I'd be a lot more worried if I was going into that Newcastle game as it looked to be, but it looks like we kind of threw them in as a bit of a risk and it may have backfired. Tommy Asu, we know, came off injured during that game. Gabriel was, was subbed off but wasn't fully fit. Neither was Ben White and played the whole game. So 
if they are all out, especially those three defenders, how on earth is Arteta building, you know, his back four? I know Rob Holding will be back from his uh, suspension, but still, how is he going to build that back four? Good question. I think maybe, you know, considering the, the absentees and obviously, like you say, it, it appears White and Gabriel in particular weren't no, weren't nowhere near ready for that that game on Monday. Um, and it was a difficult situation, isn't it? Because we we're heading into a must-win game. That's what it was. And, um, you know, you, you, you've got a couple of players there that are willing to play, not 100%. Like I say, far from it. It's a very um, difficult call for Arteta to make, in my opinion. Do you, like I say, obviously he did in the end. He chucked them in. It was a risk, but yeah, again, it was a must-win game. You want your best players on the pitch to maybe give you that slight edge, even though they aren't uh, fully fit. You know, they've still got the experience. They've still got the quality to make a difference. Unfortunately, they obviously they they didn't. They couldn't, and you could tell in the end that they weren't they weren't quite right. But um, then again, I think if you changed it about even more and maybe you put some younger players in that team, maybe some of the under-23s, well, obviously they were spoken about, they trained with the squad prior. I, I Personally, and no disrespect to them because they, they, they've got quality, they've got potential, they're, they're talented. But I still think with that atmosphere at St James's Park, with the pressure and with the tempo Newcastle were playing with, I, I wouldn't... I, well, I, I, I just don't think... They would have made a lot of difference, if I'm being honest, Tom. Um, if 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 there was different personnel in there and starting at the back, and if you know maybe if there was one or two youngsters starting, so um, you know maybe this time around, last game of the season at home, Arteta might be a bit more open to starting one of the youngsters at the back. You don't know. Obviously, Rob Holden's back, isn't he as well? So that's is, yeah. that's a that's I mean that's a boost in. <laughs> in some ways isn't it um so that'll help um we know like i say cedric will probably play at right back tavares will probably keep his place i'm sure at left back i'm sure, uh, yeah i can envisage holden starting but uh, yeah, yeah. Who, who starts alongside him i'm um I'm not sure. Um, uh, like I said, I'm sure they'll they'll be keeping an eye on, on White and Gabriel over the next couple of days, see how they react and, and how the fitness tests go. But um, at the same time, you don't want to do any long-term damage, do you, which could have an yeah. impact moving forward. So, um, yeah, uh, a, a difficult one. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'd be more open. I don't know about you, Tom, but I'd be more open, certainly, to maybe one of the young centre-backs starting at the weekend, just you know, considering the, the scenario we find ourselves in the last game of the season, we're at home and yeah, and that. I don't know, obviously, what you you think. Uh, yeah, I think that it's, if, if they are all indeed out, you obviously it's Tavares, Cedric, Holding, uh, and then it's who is in that left spot. The most uh, the most likely unorthodox option would be Granit Xhaka um, for his left-footedness. Mm. Do we go for a youngster? Um, we know Omar Rekic was away on holiday over the Newcastle. He was in Spain last weekend. I don't know if he's back. Jonathan Dinzey is more of the left-sided centre-back in the youth team. Does he come in? Um, it's really difficult, you know, to know what what we do for that game. I was trying to think back to who was actually on the bench for uh, the game against Newcastle. I don't think any, um, besides the ones that we've already seen, and I don't think any of them are usually centre-backs. I'm just trying to quickly check now. Um, the substitutions were 
Zach Swanson, Patino and Salah. Um, there wasn't any, you know, centre-back on the bench uh, at all. So the only options we would have gone for, as you imagine, bringing Cedric on for Tommy Asu, which we did, Lukonga maybe coming on and Xhaka going at centre-back. So Swanson's a right-back, um, but he's not a centre-back. He's very he's very attacking-minded as well, and he goes likes to drive forward as much as possible when he plays. So I don't think they would go for that, and I think they would be more likely to, to put in, you know, Granite Xhaka. The other option is maybe to put Tavares at left centre-back and Saka at left-back. That's the only other option I can think of. You know, Tavares is more physical he is taller um he's got the stature of a player that you think could maybe play left center back in the back three maybe not in a in a back two but it might be needs must for us because we don't have too many options just on that do you do you think it is injuries that have cost this cost this kind of where we are right now i know we'll go back to january and we look at what we didn't do but we're, we're talking about you know makeshift teams, unfit defenders against Newcastle, no Tierney, Tommy Ash has been out for so long, no Partey. Are injuries the reason why we have ultimately failed or do you still pinpoint January as the biggest factor? Well, I think yeah, it's probably a combination of both, Tom, to be honest. Um, injuries certainly haven't helped, whereas, you know, if we could have got one or two bodies in in January, such as, I know, it's a name that's been talked about a lot, especially after Monday, but Bruno Gamarash, if we could have got him in, then uh, it, it would have it would have helped, no doubt about that. Um, I think the things with injuries in particular, obviously we've we've lost some key players in Tierney and Party. You know they're 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 key to this team and the way it plays. Um, despite maybe Tierney not having his best season in an Arsenal shirt, again you can still you know see the quality that he possesses, the leadership that he has, and the experience that he carries. Um, and Party was obviously having probably his strongest season yet. Um, you could argue. Um, there was a moment where Arteta, I'm sure you'll remember Tom and, and people tuning in will remember that there was a moment where, or there was sort of a patch where Arteta was picking the same starting 11 um, week after week. And we started to find that consistency, you know, that it was the same lineup. Everyone was on the same page. I think we were playing some really good football as well. We we're in good form. Um, and when that gets broken up, obviously, it's far from ideal and you can see the implications of that. Um, and, you know, you then relying on players to come in who haven't perhaps been playing uh, as much, you know, new Tavares, for example, El Nenny. Okay. El Nenny's been great actually overall since he come in, but again, it's still far from ideal. And not only have we lost a couple of key players in Tierney mm. and party, you know, one of our best players, but all of a sudden that, that understanding and some of the, the players and the way we set up and the confidence and the, the consistency in our performances gets affected by their absence as, as, as well. So yeah. um, it does play a big part. Absolutely. Um, and yes, I would, I would point the finger towards January as well. Um, and I'd say, yeah, both, both of them have played a huge part in our, our sort of downfall towards the end of the season. Absolutely. For me, like I absolutely point towards January is one of the reasons why we haven't scored as many goals. But no matter what we did in January, we weren't replacing the losses of Tommy Asu and Tierney. And I just feel no. that, you know, in the last 10 games, Tommy Asu and Tierney, had they been fit, do we win one of those games against Southampton, Brighton, Newcastle, um, Palace, maybe even Spurs? Do we win one of those? Because if we win one of those, we go into Everton, you know, with... The, that game in our own hands uh, and the Champions League race in our own hands. And I think that we do. So 
Um, I agree that January we could have prepared better for Partey's injury, that like we could have gone for Bruno Gimaraes, for instance, and got him in. And he was always going to score, of course, for Newcastle. Um, but the Tommy Asu and Tierney injuries in particular, I think the fact that we lost them for such long periods have hurt us. And I think had those two been available and we never were looking to bring anyone in and no one was sitting there in January going, why aren't we bringing in a fullback? You know, no one was sitting there and saying that. So unfortunately, I think that is losing them both simultaneously for a stretch of games really did mean that we we lost that key part of the team when you look at Chelsea this season they're expected to be title challengers they lost Ben Chilwell very early on and they lost Reese James for a lot of big part of the season as well and yet they've got you know Marcus Alonso and Cesar Azpilicueta um, as possible replacements um, but even then you know their 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 objective for the season being a title challenge fell away very quickly so it goes to show that you know you can spend 300 plus million but you lose two starting players in two key positions like both fullbacks it doesn't necessarily matter what you do in a, in a transfer window. It's still um, it's still going to hurt you. And, you know, Eddie Nketiah coming in has been uh, at times good. And I think his energy has been good. But had we had that foundation to build forward from, I think that solidity would have definitely, you know, added at least one more win. I mean, as Divesh says here, we lost not five in nine. Imagine if we'd have had those two. If it was just four in nine, we'd be in the lead still. And that's kind of the point that we're making. Um, <laughs> Marcus says, team for Sunday, Ramsdale, Cedric, Scanton and Davison uh, with us holding and Tavares in a back what, in a back four, a back five, I think there. Uh, Odegaard, Jaka, Saka, Eddie Martin. Are you left or right footed, Chris? I'm right. I'm right footed. Right. How good are you with your left foot? Um, I'd like make things. I'd make things interesting, TC. Put it that way. I'd put it that way. If I was on the left, it would be interesting. I'll have to go left centre back then, is it? <laughs> In yeah. the back five. Um, last question before we wrap things up is uh, obviously me and you have been off the last couple of days, and I know Bailey's been tackling some transfer stuff. But this link to Ilkay Gundogan, I wanted to briefly touch upon because it's an interesting one. Um, I'm really in favour of this move. I think it's a really smart piece of business if we can get it done because I think that Arsenal have needed some experience we still need another central midfielder definitely on top of Gundogan but it's got a bit of a bonus signing in the midfield and maybe as an Elneny replacement I think it's a really smart bit of business if, if it is something that we can get done I'm not saying that it's likely but it is a link that's come up over the last few days what have you made of it? Interesting, but not surprised um, as soon as the, I think there was initial reports about Gundogan leaving and I thought, oh, I'll just leave it maybe a few hours or a couple of days and I'm sure we'll we'll see an Arsenal link there somewhere. Obviously, we've seen that, haven't we, with Sterling, Bernardo Silva, obviously Gabriel Jesus now and, and now um, Gundogan. And, oh, it's no surprise with, with Arteta's links, of course, and Arsenal's sort of need for another central midfielder. Mm. Um, yeah, would be open to it. Uh, obviously, I'm not sure it's... It, obviously, it wouldn't be one for the future, um, no. but it would be it would be one to come in to add depth and experience in the centre of the park and add quality because he is a quality player. And I, I know he's had his injury troubles, but he's I think he's been for um, sort of found consistency in, his, in terms of game time this season, and he's put aside the injury troubles, so that's encouraging. Um, yeah, I, 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 it would be good, but again, Tom. I, I'm thinking about our starter midfielders next season. Obviously, we don't know what will happen with Xhaka. Mm. I still 
personally, I still think we could, you know, get someone out there that that would sort of overtake him moving forward. Um, El Nenny could stay. We've still got Sambi Lokonga. Uh, where would Gundogan lie, you know, in, in all of this? Uh, because I don't know if he'd be a starter every week. Uh, is he someone to, you know, just t- take up a spot on the bench and be a rotational option? I'm not. I'm not entirely sure because obviously we've been linked to Ruben Neves and Yuri mm. Tielemans, who you would expect to come in and be the regular starters. So uh, I'm not sure where, you know, or how that would work on top of Gundogan. So, so yeah, I, 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 yeah, it'd be interesting to see where he fits in, pretty much, mm. uh, and, and what role he would be given. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a link that. Yeah, it excites me to a certain extent. Like I say, he's had a great season. He's a very consistent player, very tidy player. Um, it brings experience. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm just not sure where he would fit in or what role he would be. You know, we've got Xhaka, who's already really experienced. We've got Tommy, but uh, Thomas Partey, who's experienced. We've got Al Nani, who's experienced. I'm sure, whether or not he's the right profile, I'm I'm not I'm not sure yet. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let us know what you think in the comments section below about the possibility of Ilkay Gundogan joining Arsenal in the summer. Thank you so much for tuning in, people. Make sure to drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new. We'll be bringing you constant transfer updates throughout the transfer window after the end of the season. Coverage, of course, pre-season starts very soon in July and then all into next season as well. Chris, thank you so much for joining me. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, TC. Pleasure as always. And thanks to everyone tuning in this morning. I hope everyone has a great day, despite the weather taking a nasty turn. Yeah, I'm actually a little bit thankful. It's been too hot. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a very British thing to moan about it when the sun finally comes out. But it's been too hot. So uh, I'm actually quite appreciative for uh, the slight dip in the temperature. Um, but yeah, have a great day, people. Uh, try your best. Uh, make sure you check out all of the written work going on at football.london. And we will see you again tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. See you soon, guys. Have a good one. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.